Hey everybody and welcome to the Macaw Podcast Universe. This is where we exist to prove people wrong when they say that sequels are never better than originals. And we dive into film franchises. And if you didn't know because you haven't been following and you just discovered us and you happen to click on this episode or you didn't read the title of this, maybe you heard that musical cue at the beginning and you thought, oh, they're covering Ip Man. It's possible. And I'm listening to the last episode. Yes, you're listening to Ip Man 4, the finale. So um, here we are again. We are still, if you listen to our last episode on Master Z, the uh, legacy of Ip Man, you heard us and how Oregon at the time of the recording was on fire and we had to evacuate and we were at Jordan's parents' well. Our apartment is still too smoky, so we're still at the parents' house. Yep. But um, I think I think the audio. I'm I'm back on my normal mic, so that's nice. And then uh, Jordan's on her mic, which she was last week too. For all of you audio, no, I wasn't. You weren't on that one because this thing kept popping off because it was round. Oh, oh, I used that one last. Why did I do that? I don't know. <laughs> Um, but today we're jumping into Ip Man 4 and we're finishing off another franchise and it's, uh, I think it's the second week of October for everybody. And, um, yeah, we've finished it. So what, how do we want to kick this off? Do you just want to jump right into the production? Yeah, probably. <clears throat> Cause I, I have so many things I'd like to say, but I don't want to say them yet. Yeah. You know? Um, so once again, the movie is directed by Wilson Yip. All of the main Ip Man movies are, um, screenplay by Edmund Wong, all of the Ip Man movies, Dana Fukazawa, who has also done I Miss You When I See You and Sky on Fire, Chan Tai Lee, who did Ip Man 3, and Jill Lung Lei Tin, who's done all the Ip Man movies. And then we have... Music by Kenji Kawai, who did all the Ip Man movies. Cinematography by Su Kung Chang, who did Mad Detective, The Mission, Election, and PTU. And once again, on Stunts Jordan, we have Wu Ping Yun. You remember who that is? You're giving me a very blank stare. The stunt coordinator? Yes. The guy who directed Master Z? Yeah, he did yeah. the stunts in this as well. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm trying to decode something. But can trying to do, do you want to? What are you trying to decode? I'm just trying to figure something out. So okay, just go, keep going. Okay. Um. So December twentieth, two thousand nineteen, the movie comes out. So this movie's not even a year old, Jordan. And the budget was fifty two million domestically in the U S. It makes three point nine million worldwide. It makes the most out of all of them. One hundred and seventy six point three million. Really and. So there, I only have a couple things. As is, I say this every time, but as is the case with like the end of a franchise, a lot of times there's not as much to talk about. Yeah. Um, as far as the production goes, because it's like, yeah, it's been a successful franchise. It was easy to make. Um. So Donnie Yen says this is his last kung fu movie. 
kung fu movie ever. He's he's gotten too old, and he's um too old. That's a strong use of words, but you know he says he's too old. Like his body's too old. He's he's been doing it for so long, so many injuries and stuff that he's oh. got to he's got to call it quits at some point. Oh wow, that's a hard decision to make. I'm sure. Yeah. So that's crazy. He's ending on this movie. I know. And so, okay. So, cause I want to get into this when we dive into the plot of the movie, but keep in mind, uh, I, well, I'll, I guess I'll just say it now. I thought when the movie started and it shows like the brain tumor of Ip Man, I was like, Oh, this is going to be incredible because not only is it like the end of Ip Man, but it's Donnie Yen saying goodbye to Kung Fu. So you have this like parallel narrative yeah. And they don't play into it at all. No, no, they don't. What a lame movie to end your kung fu career yeah. on. So that was a bummer. Can we just say, too, you've seen Donnie Yen's IMDb profile picture? Yeah, it's been a little while. Let me um, just refresh your memory. Uh, yeah. Stone Cold Fox. <laughs> that's just like one of the best IMDb. That's one of the best headshots I've ever seen. Yeah. It's a little odd to me, actually. It doesn't quite. Do you look don't like think him. it quite captures like who he is? He it seems a little too cool of a picture. Yeah, it seems kind of photoshopped. He's to also. Me. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it's just funny. He's wearing like a leather jacket. Yeah. But it's funny. Yeah, I mean, he looks great. And you commented on this movie where because at the end when it's showing the flashbacks. Yeah, of I, the I other was just three. saying that he does not age. <laughs> he looks so good. He look. I mean, I don't think there's a wrinkle on him. Right. I, or a line. Well, because I was like, eh, maybe she's, you know, just being facetious. And I tried to look, and then the scenes from <laughs> Ip Man 1, and maybe it's because it's in black and white, but I was like, I don't think, I don't think if I was unfam- if I was unfamiliar with the story and someone just showed me like four scenes, I don't think I could be like, this one is here, this one's there, and this one, you know? Yeah. I couldn't put them in order. Yeah. I mean, it is like, what, 2008 to 2009. Well, that's still 11 years. That's a long time. I still can't get over how young these movies are. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Um. So, just two more notes. So this one is during the 2019 Hong Kong protest. Protesters urged a boycott of the film, um, citing the pro-Beijing stances of actors Donnie Yen and Danny Chan and producer Raymond Wong. Protesters actively spoiled the film on social media in both English and Chinese. Hmm. So, wow. Uh, they didn't spoil much. I'll tell you that much. You can guess what's going to happen a mile away in this movie. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then finally, <laughs> this this I loved. And I only saw this on, like, I clicked on an interview. And I was reading through everything. Not an interview, but an article about the movie. And I was reading through it. And it was like one throwaway line. But I was like... I, I pointed at it and I was like, I got to talk about this. One producer said, you guessed it. They'd like to do something with, I don't know, maybe Bruce Lee in the future of the franchise and do a Bruce Lee movie. They cannot, they cannot let Bruce Lee go. And I don't know what it is. They get so, all of these movies, except for the first one, are so hung up on Bruce Lee. Do you think that's, like, to them, that's the the American draw? That's what's going to get Americans to watch the movie? No, I don't think it's that at all. I think that these producers are obsessed with Bruce Lee. Yeah. I I think it's kind of like when, um, I'm trying to think of a good example, but I feel like this happens in, 
um um like Harry like Harry Potter. Okay. Here's an example. Um you you get to the prequel movies, Fantastic Beasts, and they're they're not like, "Hey, let's just trust the source material." They're like, "Oh yeah, but we really got to have um Grindelwald in this series." And it's like, "What are you talking about? Nobody cares if Grindelwald's in it." And they're like hung up on Grindelwald, and Grindelwald's got to be in there, and Dumbledore's got to be in there. And it's like, "I don't care about them in this. That's stupid." And and I I see a world where Bruce Lee works in this series, but every time he shows up it is so distracting it's so distracting and it's it's very it's also very much it feels like the ending of like the first phase of marvel where they kept on being like we got some other heroes coming yeah it's so weird cuz it's also tr- real life yeah i know it's not because they just made up all these other stories but it's very weird i, I think it's weird too and i don't really know what to say about it yeah the the i will say that once we and we'll we will get to it later in the movie, but I do think the Bruce Lee is in a weird way used best in this movie than the rest because he does a little bit. Yeah, more. and the, the actor's like super good at yeah. imitating him, and and he has the coolest fight in the movie. I do have some beef with him, and I can't wait to hear it. Okay, do you want to go now? No, we'll wait. Okay, so that's what I got for okay. Man Four. So. In this movie, we have Scott Adkins, who plays um, the captain guy, military guy, big guy at the end yeah. that they fight. Um, he is in Doctor Strange. Okay. Did not know that. And then, he's like, like a henchman a, or something, he is, isn't but he? He, he? He's enough that he has a name. Oh, really? Like Lucian or Lucian. Lucian. I think he's just one of, like, the main henchmen. Sure. You know? Um, but, like and with seeing, Mads Mikkelsen? Yeah. Okay. But in seeing this picture of him, the still of him in Doctor Strange, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's also in Expendables 2, of course, Legacy of Lies, um, Avengement, Triple Threat, Abduction, No Surrender. And if you just look up his IMDb, you will see nothing but action movie covers. This guy is an action guy Well, and through and through. Th- I want to speak a, a second about him because... Yeah. Um, he's in a movie called Accident Man. Yeah. And in that movie, I've not seen this movie, but there is, uh, I believe, a villain named Jane the Ripper. And it is played by past guest of the show, Amy Johnston. Cool. And if you haven't heard our Ip Man 2 episode, we had Amy Johnston on. But I I didn't realize, I, I'm getting the impression from from a select group of people that Scott Adkins is like one of the guys. Yeah. Like one of the guys to watch. I, I don't think this was maybe a good show of what he can and can't do. Although his stunts in this are pretty impressive. His martial arts. I say his acting wasn't that bad. I just think that he was poorly written. Yeah, I think it's more that too. Yeah. But um but yeah, from from what I can tell, he seems kind of like the like modern day like Steven Seagal would maybe be um, Oh, okay. A, a, a parallel where okay. where it's like it's not necessarily like totally mainstream but i think there's a lot of people that are like oh a scott adkins movie is out i'm gonna buy it and watch it because it's gonna be great action and he does you know his, he does most of his stunts whatever like insurance will allow him to do yeah. and he does some crazy stuff apparently yeah this is just like a part of the movie world that i have no idea about because right. we had been talking like he's on vfx well he's not on it but they talk about him on an episode on the quarter crew on, VFX. yeah the quarter yeah. quarter crew and 
I remember watching that episode and like thinking like, oh, cool. This guy must be like a really like under the radar like action dude because they're yeah. showing some <laughs> stuff from his movies and they look like very low budget movies. That being said, the action looks great. The fighting looks awesome. Sure. Yeah. Um, And then we're watching this movie and it's like, I don't, it's like, okay, I just feel like I'm supposed to think that this guy's awesome, but I don't really know yeah. who he is because I've seen so little like when it, it, he's seeing his filmography and seeing a lot of the co- judging a movie by its cover, it's sure. like, oh, I would never watch these movies. <laughs> yeah. doesn't mean that they're bad because I'm not even like giving him a chance, but they're like a little too expendable <laughs> right, right, for right. me. Right. Um, but it, it, but it like, I thought he did good in this movie. He was serviceable acting wise. Yeah. Um, and the fighting, he was really good at fighting. Yeah, Obviously, there was that great name. scene where he's just um like kicking everybody. <laughs> yeah, he loves he's, the kick. I I guess that he was six four. We found out he was five ten, which is still big. It's still big, but uh, he he look he just looks huge in this movie. He's wearing boots, so maybe he just yeah. is a little bit. He maybe is like six feet. But but in my head, I was like, man, I want to see him stand next to Dave Batista because I need some hey, comparison. I wonder if he would look so small. Wait, do we know how tall Dave Batista is? I will look it up when you start okay. the next actor. <laughs> okay, so the next Bruce Lee is played by Danny Kwok Kwan Chan. Um, he is in Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah, Kung Fu Hustle. He's also in It Man 3 as Bruce Lee. Um, oh, it's, it is the same guy? I thought it was I a different guess. actor in this one. I would not have known that in the last movie it was bruce lee based on solely appearance uh-huh. and then in this movie it's like wow they nailed it this guy looks like so so much like bruce lee to me and i think it's the hair yeah, and the last yeah, movie they didn't do is maybe maybe he you know in their minds it's like oh he's not that icon yet so we can't give him the hair <laughs> but he has like such iconic hair right. to me that he like in this movie it's like yeah that's bruce lee yeah, that's interesting. And I, I feel like in the previous movie, I guess I thought it was a different actor too cuz like in the previous movie he did he did the like thumb thing, you he know, did against it in this the movie. nose. No, I know. But he he like did it and he was like, "Hey, what's yeah. up? I'm Bruce Lee." And in this oh. movie, he like played it down a little bit yeah. and it felt more like, "Oh, that's a real person that existed, not a caricature." Yes. Um I have the report on the Dave Batista okay. height. But I want to set the scene here you know you know that okay, if you're okay, listening to this take forever if you're listening to this podcast you know we like to set the table that's what no, we do michael and then likes we to eat. set the table we set the table please uh chris pratt is six two yeah dwayne the rock johnson is six five wow dave batista six six whoa he's a big he's big boy. i love that he is big on screen <laughs> and off screen he is just big he's so big he Man. could have starred in the tom hanks vehicle big he's so good yeah he I, I love him i love him so much wonder what his parents look like um how did he get i'm that not gonna big? look that up right now but um, <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so danny kwok kwan chan is also in shaylon soccer um Wow, a lot of movies with titles I can't pronounce. Kung Fu League, Be Calm, and Be a Superstar, Blind Spot, and a ton of other stuff in Chinese cinema. Okay. And then... Wait, are you going to tell me your beef with him? 
You said you had some beef with this Oh, no, guy. no, no. That goes into the story. Oh, okay, okay. No, the actor was fine. Actor oh, was fine. okay. I thought it was I specifically... I just Bruce Lee written into this movie. I, I see, have a huge I beef see. with. Um, okay, and then Vanessa Wu, who plays Hartman Wu, who's like the the guy who's trying to bring, bring Kung Fu into the military. Yeah, okay. Um, He is in The Princess Way Young... Um, meteor. Oh, he's a meteor garden. If Lauren listens to this episode, he is Mei Zuo. I wonder if that's huge. What is Meteor Garden? Oh, that's that show that Lauren and Chloe watch every Friday. It's a Chinese drama. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Um, so I hope he's really good in it. I liked him a lot in this movie. Um, and then also he's in On Children, Undercover versus Undercover, and a ton of other things in Chinese cinema. Um, and then we also have so you thought that you said that the like guy that he needed to get the recommendation from is in Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon I thought he was in nah no okay Um, that's the thing I was trying to crack because I I looked at his IMDb picture and he looks pretty young and I know that movie came out in 2000 so it's not that old of a movie like well that's what I was confused too because I was like pretty sure it was that guy and then I was like but this guy looks young yeah, he. I think they totally aged him up for this movie by giving him a gray goatee. That's about it. Oh, okay. Um, so this guy's like really young. No, he's like 1976. So he's not that young, but... He's like a baby. But like, look at his IMDb picture. That Yeah, that doesn't... No, okay. Um, I like that. Don't tell is what his IMDb picture is saying. <laughs> I won't tell. <laughs> um, okay. He is in Journey to the West, Little Big Shol- Soldier. Oh, by the way, it's Yui. Yu Wu, I think. Okay. King of Land Battle. The King of Land Battle. The Captain. Kung Fu Monster. I am your mom. The Faces he of is? My Gene. He's my mom? <laughs> I won't tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a ton of movies in Chinese cinema. Okay, and then Vanda Margraf plays Juan Yano. <laughs> that is not how you pronounce it, but the daughter of him. The cheerleader? Yeah. She is only in this movie and Cry of the Birds. Wow. What is this movie? Know what this is about? I don't. Well, um, yeah, I can't wait for the audience to hear what you think about the cheerleader thing, because surprise, surprise, Jordan really liked that part of the movie, no. the cheerleader section. No. Okay, so I believe Jim Liu plays his son. Okay. He is in the farewell. Oh, who? he's the doctor. Remember the part in the movie oh, when yeah, the hospital yeah. and he speaks English. Um, he's also in Variant, Straight Back, The Windsor's Chen, um, Little Milo. Did a looks like quite a few indie stuff actually. And Rush. Jeez. Like the movie Rush, like the Ron Howard movie. Yes. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> okay, so let's jump into this plot here. So, um, we see a karate gym. I think it's Bruce Lee's gym, and we see Ip Man and his face. I think it's like a stadium. I think there's Is a it? tournament going on at a stadium, a okay. karate tournament. And and we see Ip Man's face, and the he stays stagnant and the shot behind him changes but he doesn't to one month before yeah and it shows um he's at a doctor's office and they say you have cancer Mm. and 
do do they give him um a date like you have x amount of no they pretty much told him it's hopeless though okay and right here like the music swelling and i'm like oh is this gonna be the best one that's what i thought yeah me too and and again i thought of the thing where i'm like this is donnie yen's last kung fu movie it's Ip man about to die like this is a perfect like ender on that part of his career yeah this is gonna be amazing and the movie never recovers after yeah this. a very steep decline so uh, it shows Ip man and he's he's in china he's with his wing chun students and this guy from america comes in uh-huh. and he's like hey yo how's it going huh? oh i don't know what you guys are doing oh you don't know how to do wing chun and he like walks over to this guy and, and he he tries to stop him from practicing uh-huh. and then this this other teacher is like, what are you doing in here? Yeah. Which is what I'm thinking as well. And then Ip Man comes in and he's like, hey, you know, I, I came here because Bruce Lee, you remember Bruce Lee, wink, 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 wink. And um, uh, he has a karate gym in San Francisco and he wants you to come. Here's a ticket. And I'm like, what? What? Yeah. What? So this I guy I think this flew- guy was sent to Hong Kong. <laughs> For only like a couple hours to get off the plane, find Ip Man, give him a plane ticket, a book, and then to just hop back and go home. Well, it didn't make sense. Yeah, it made no sense too because later in the movie, Ip Man keeps calling home from San Francisco. So it's like, yeah, I mean, why didn't you just call him? (laughs) I mean, maybe Bruce knows that it needs to be some kind of grand gesture or like a goodwill kind of thing to like send one of his disciples. It was it was so but of course, jarring and Ip weird. Man being su- such a I don't know wonderful I don't know humble person mm-hmm. um, ac- does not accept the plane ticket. It's kind of like that's nice, but I'm good. Yeah, this is right after he learns he has cancer too. So it's like I'm seriously I'm good. <laughs> um, and then I believe it's right after that you find out that his son is in a fight in school. Yes. Son singular. Um, yeah, what happened to the second son? <laughs> no, um, was it, is it two he disappears in? Yeah, and all of a sudden it's just like, yep. No, no, no. Two he doesn't disappear in, and two he's born. Well, no, because there's two. Oh, two right. he's born. Three, no idea. And then there's just like the old kid. Yeah. So in so this weird. movie, he is like in high school. He's getting into fights. He's getting ex- he gets expelled because he's so rambunctious, and it is um, suggested to him to send him to America. That's kind of like what y- what you do is you send your kid to America if they can't, I don't know, stay in line at home. Now this is like the first first after looking back on it, you know, th- this to me is is the first moment where it's like. I feel a contrived pop plot point. Yeah. So like big check mark right here. He needs to go to America so that his son can go to a boarding school in San Francisco. So, uh, while it will probably die alone from cancer. Yeah. And it just doesn't. And I, I, I mean the, the best way to really explain it is him trying to do the best thing for his son. Like that is the, ex- that's the excuse Yeah. for it. But I, the whole time I was thinking, no parent would just send their kid away if they had cancer. Right. And he, that's just them too. Like he needs his son for support and, and his to son, take care of him. His son just wants to learn martial arts. And they never get into that. Like how come, the end. how come he doesn't know martial arts? 
Yeah, I has his dad been like, you know, like a superhero? Like, no, it is such a crazy deep responsibility. I would never wish it upon my son. <laughs> it's not something like that. And it's not like it doesn't feel like lack of interest. Maybe if anything, his son has shown a lack of interest yeah. because he's ornery. Yeah. But then again, but... they don't even do that well. <laughs> no. So I don't really get any of that. That doesn't make sense to me. No. So but... that's that's checkpoint number one. Yeah. And we're going to keep racking those up because this is, folks, this is the worst Ip Man movie by far. By far. By far. I would... If if you are like you know what I'm gonna if if you like to be a completist watch it but if not seriously just go to YouTube and look up all the fights because the fights are awesome as always yeah but the story is so horrible and just listen to us instead sure <laughs> um so it man goes home uh Bob who was formerly known as Fatso in the second movie <laughs> um shows up um and he's telling him he's got to go to America blah 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 his son is like shunning him not talking to him and then his son is like I won't go to America you know I hate studies blah 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 but then he kind of goes in this thing where he's like everything's my fault I want to do this it's my fault I do this it's my fault you're not supportive of me and then he does a low dig to his mom it man's wife and it man loses it. He probably the, him. really the only time you see him lose it. Yeah. Other than the first movie when he's machine gun punching 10 people to death. Yeah. But, um, when he's clenching the bars and he's like, put, let me fight. Yeah. Let me fight 10 men. Yeah. So that, that I just wish they really dove into that relationship more because clearly yeah. ever since his wife died, like it has been rough for them. Why isn't the movie about something like that? Yeah, let's well, let's and, like throw his son out of the movie. And it's just such a slam dunk to make this movie about him having cancer. I I just don't know why. Well, it's like the last movie, the the third one with his wife. With his, the best part of the movie was his wife being sick and him taking right. him getting like throwing everything away to take care of her. That was the best part of the movie. Yeah, and of course the well, even we said in that movie, I like I think the fights aren't that good. Comp- compared to the to the other ones yeah. but um so it's like that was the best part this clearly should be what's focused on but i just feel like it man is so not focused on he's absolutely not focused on in this movie no he's more of he is like the macguffin of this movie <laughs> well and, and i keep thinking well no i'll wait i'll wait until we really dive into the bruce lee stuff okay so then it man arrives in san francisco and one thing that I found extremely fascinating about the movie was seeing American stereotypes not told by Americans or like yeah. or British people. Basically yeah. not told by white people was interesting to see what their perspective on how Americans live is. And it was basically like all Americans are selfish jerks. Which you know what? That is a that stereotype makes sense to me. Yeah. That's what I would do There's, if I, I mean, was stereotyping America. This movie America. takes place in the 60s, too. Right. Right. So, um, that, that was kind of an, I'll give it like, it was, it was interesting to see how they dealt with that as an American. Cause usually it's like, um, you know, most movies that we see, it's like America's the good guy. Yeah. Which is like so stupid most of the time. Yeah. But, um, and, and so seeing, seeing that other perspective, I found interesting. I found it interesting. That's not why I'm watching an Ip Man movie, unfortunately. <laughs> no. And when he does go, you know, he 
they're trying to get their well okay so first thing he does i guess is meet the benevolent association yes and and this was kind of cool yeah because he he meets them and he's like i need a recommendation for my son to go to a school and they're like yeah well whatever uh your your student bruce lee uh published a book in english and he is teaching um non-chinese people martial arts now right there i'm thinking okay you've wanted this to be about bruce lee for th- two this is the third movie that you wanted to make about bruce lee okay that's kind of interesting there's a whole group of people that are anti bruce lee maybe that's what this movie's about that i'm into that yeah that's a cool idea and and get digging into like old chinese traditionalism versus like let's share our culture with people and is it what this movie's about no no No, they kind of just accept him a little bit later and it's fine yeah and i'm it's confusing because you know in in the research i didn't see anything about um the 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 lee family and how they because you know you know if you listen to our previous couple episodes they've they've like put up complaints and they've prevented these movies from being about bruce lee right and it seems like he's in a in it a substantial amount, so it seems like they must have got permission. So why not make him like the main character if you've been obsessed with Bruce Lee this whole time? That's what I'm so confused about, too Jordan. Scared about going through a whole movie like that and then it could be it being rejected by the estate. I, yeah, and it's like that was a waste of time. So then just don't make the movie about Bruce Lee, <laughs> right? Either do it or don't seriously and they halfway did it i guess it's so weird but in this scene there is a cool lazy i mean i have never seen a lazy susan fight yeah one would almost say that susan ain't so lazy in this scene no do you want do you want to describe it a little more they're so pretty much the um what's his name i'm gonna try and find his name wan zong hua who is the the main guy master law i think was his character name okay let's go with that okay master law um he's like if you drink this tea you will be one of us and i'll do it i'll write the recommendation which pretty much is like that's just you saying screw you to bruce lee yeah um so we on the big lazy susan slaps it over to him (laughs) and he will not drink it so then they're trying to slide it back and forth or spin it back and forth to each other and that's about it and then the well they they push it back and forth until oh, the table shatters yeah and i was like okay and this then it is gets cool. up, so bows politely and says thank you goodbye yeah. does the cool fist in the hand thank you thing yeah and then they so there's like a guy walking around with him helping him to get the recommendation letter so they're trying other places just not working um and then soon after this is when he meets with bruce lee right yeah, so he well he goes to his karate gym first. It's a tournament. Tournament, and while he's there, there's like Americans who are like, "This guy's faking it." Yeah, and that sets up this next scene. Yeah, and my beef with Bruce Lee, I guess we already talked about it, but another and be careful, thing, the estate might shut down our podcast because we're talking about Bruce Lee. Well, my issue with it is, I guess that he's in the movie at all because he is 
one of the big reasons why he went to it, why it man went to America, which I think is the worst thing that could happen in this movie is him going to America. Uh-huh. I'd like true crime. So I decided to make a true crime podcast where I cover true crime stories year by year. And I hate true crime. So I decided to beef up my wife's true crime podcast by telling people what was on TV during each one of those murders or who was winning that wrestling match during that awful rape. The result is American Timelines, where we cover strange, fascinating happenings. And sometimes silly stories, and even birthdays. Didn't you always wonder when Don Cheeto was born? No. Didn't you at least wonder what the number one song was when Don Cheeto was born? No. Well, what did you want to know? Just about murder. Sweet, sweet, grisly murder. Well, sometimes you talk about UFOs or ghost stories, too. Yes, those are cool, too. And who hasn't wondered what episode of 227 was on during a haunting? Everyone. Download and subscribe to American Timelines by History for Jerks. You can hear it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. It's better than it sounds. It really is. American Timelines by History for Jerks, the greatest podcast ever. Don't do it. I didn't want to watch an It Man movie to to watch America. That that being said, I know you did say that like it is interesting seeing another country do American stereotypes. If any, if anything, it's kind of refreshing because America has constantly done it. So (laughs) it's like, what do you want to say about us? And I know that the a big part of this movie is about racism, Um, but I I think it 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 just feels so wishy washy. The 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 stance on racism is clear, obviously, but it's like. If you really want that to be the movie, okay, no Bruce Lee, the mo- and no cheerleader. Uh, the movie. <laughs> oh my is, gosh, we haven't even talked about yeah, the cheerleader. The movie yet. is only about the military. Like, it man comes over for who knows what reason. Okay, fine. If you want to, if you have, have to have Bruce Lee in it, he can come over for that reason. But then he gets caught up in the military stuff because one of Bruce Lee's students is in the military uh-huh. and learning about. Um, that the military is using karate, which I have forgot. I forgot to look up the difference between karate and Kung Fu because they keep differentiating the two. And the military is resistant to Kung Fu for some reason. Yeah. Um, So then it man comes and then the whole thing happens with the military that kind of happens in this movie. And like the, Scott Adkins character is racist. So like that's the movie. If you, if you really want to make, that point. Right. You have to commit to it. Well, and and I agree with you that that the the move to America seems like a lazy like riding exercise. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, well, they, I think they probably got excited about the Bruce Lee thing. Yeah. And every time Bruce Lee was on screen, I just imagined the editor in his editing bay editing the movie and then Wilson yet behind him just being like like a dog panting and just being like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, I, it feels like, you know, sometimes you'll watch a series and they're like, oh, we got to mix it up. So let's change the setting. Yeah. And you're like, well, I do like that I'm seeing new visuals, but that's not enough to make this differentiate from the other movies. Yeah. Um, and this movie is different than the rest, but it's, it's just like, I don't, I don't understand why they went to America. I really don't. I, I don't either. And, and part of what I liked about the other movies was kind of peeking into the the culture. Yeah. I thought that was fun. Yeah. And so maybe part of it is like, I just don't care to see <laughs> a, a, 
him go to America because it's like, I don't know, I live here. I, that's not that interesting to me. As opposed to what what could have been, yeah. if that makes sense. And it makes me, it does make me curious because this is a Chinese movie. What um, Chinese people think about this kind of like location change. Yeah. Because I, I wonder if it was something that was more favorable for the Chinese audience because they were really making it for the Chinese like movie market. Hey, and if you're Chinese, let us know. We want to know. Yeah. That'd be cool to find out. Yeah. Because I, because I, I can only speak for myself as an American, that it's just that's not, like that's not why I watch an It Man movie or why I want to. <laughs> right, so it's right. like, if I was to rewatch any of them, it's for sure not going to be this one. Oh no 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 no! <laughs> I yeah, I will not watch this movie again. Yeah. Um. So then then. Uh, uh, Ip Man meets Bruce Lee in a diner and he's like, hey, can you help me figure out this recommendation? And Ip Man goes, yeah, I got you. Or, I mean, Bruce Lee goes, yeah, I got you covered. And then this very large man walks in, this American, and he's like, you were faking it. I've got to fight you. Now, this has been something in all the Ip Man movies, people challenging for fights. And it's kind of fun that it's Bruce I and like, not Ip Man. Li- yeah, I like that. And I think that this fight is the height of the movie. Funny enough, we've been complaining about Bruce Lee the whole time. But it was kind of electric, and it was it was cool seeing this fight, and and they they sh- do a point to shoot the action in such a way that it he is because you know he, Bruce Lee was famous for for being very very fast. That was one of the oh, reasons okay. why he was so famous. It was like you you couldn't keep track of him. He was so fast, and in this fight, I was noticing that that they like made it obvious like the guy could not even remotely keep up with him. Oh, okay. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So he fights him, and then this guy comes out of a hallway. He jumps into the sky, kicks out like a street light yep. that's hanging over something, and he's like, hey, come over here. And then they fight. That's he's pretty a cool. random guy with nunchucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you kept on being like, when's he going to use those nunchucks? And then finally he whips him out, and then Bruce Lee uses them. It's very and cool. Just yeah. Like Rexham. There's that great. Uh, I loved when the guy was using the nunchucks and he went to hit Bruce Lee and Bruce Lee steps back and kicks him in midair. And then the it, the nunchuck flies up and hits, hits the guy in, in the, the face. face. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was cool. Yeah. Definitely. That's that's a scene worth YouTube and for sure. Sure. Very cool. Um, But then where does it go from here? Do we do we. So I think it's soon after that. So. With, you know, within all of this, it man's calling home to try and talk to his son because he says to Bob that I'm going to call every night at 10 yeah. for my son. And then throughout the movie, the son will not come to the phone. Right. Um, because he's Because he's an angsty teenager. Him? I don't know. And he doesn't want to go to America, which is why his dad's there. Yeah. Um. So then... um. We got to talk about it now. Oh, the cheerleading thing? Yeah. So... Please. The girl who is the daughter of Master Law is uh, a cheerleader. And not that that's a bad thing, but it becomes way too big part of too ugh, becomes too much of this movie. Uh-huh. Cheerleading. Yeah. Cheerleading in a Kung Fu movie. It's so she, an odd choice for sure. So she clearly doesn't really care about um, Kung Fu but her dad is very strict and very traditional. So when she's home, she can only speak in Chinese. Mm-hmm. They have to do Tai Chi. 
all this stuff. When she's at school, she's star cheerleader. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it shows a scene of, I mean, the most cheerleaders I've ever seen in a high school setting. Yeah. And I, we went to a small high school, so I guess that's not saying much. Jordan, come on. It was the 60s. Everybody was a cheerleader I and, get, and their Which mom. is just so, such a bummer. Such a bummer that this mo- these movies have so little female characters. And that when they have one that's kind of a big player, it's a teenage cheerleader <laughs> who doesn't use slash no kung fu. Um. So she is like top cheerleader to which, of course, the blonde girl has an issue with because she's an immigrant and she doesn't deserve anything to which, you know, she's like, you don't deserve to be here. We've been here for generations. And to which the girl says, you stole this land. This isn't even your land. So you go home. Blah, blah, blah. High school Which, stuff. Yeah. The, the stuff on immigration was kind of like, oh. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's still a top topic. Unfortunately, yes. And I think that like that argument can still be used not for teenage girls because I'm not watching this movie to watch teenagers <laughs> yeah. fight, which is what happens is she is um, the the daughter of Mr. Master Law is being bullied and beaten up. And of course, this is around the time that it man notices or, you know, is there and stops the fight without any issues and saves her. Right. And and then, but before that, he had gone to the principal of the school and gave her this recommendation letter he got, but it wasn't from the ben- benev- benevolent association thing. And she was like, well, if you donate $10,000, you can do it. Which I was like, typical America. Mm. Keeping the poor down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the cheerleader thing doesn't make any sense. And and what's funny is it, it 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 does become such a huge plot point. Another contrived this this is the check mark number two where it feels like the writers. This just feels like a a, a very obvious like save the cat kind of thing where it's like yeah. we're doing like a, something you do in a movie. It and doesn't I, feel natural. And at like all. part of her character, I guess I just don't really agree with because so it comes to a point where she's like complaining to man about her dad i guess and and he asks her like is cheerleading your passion and she's like no i just like it (laughs) and so it's like okay so i don't care about (laughs) like if it was your passion sure i guess i can get behind it but she just likes it um doesn't she later say it's her passion though i I don't know i don't remember but it it pretty much that conversation evolves into she's like i'm gonna perform my cheerleading thing in (laughs) front of everyone in chinatown on the mid-autumn festival and it's like you're going to put something that you like today above what your dad is create what your dad is responsible for putting together to honor the chinese you're gonna put something that you're not passionate about just because you like it over that i just can't get behind that to me i'm like that's a really good i'm just like oh so that's kind of disrespectful towards your dad and i don't agree that and i don't even remember in the conversation if it man's like do it i think he's just like hmm (laughs) you know not really saying anything (laughs) but they do accomplish it's it is a moment like this where it's like oh why are we not live streaming these podcasts because i just (laughs) wish people could see your facial expressions on this it's so funny yeah 
You're so right, though. And then it just it gets to a point where when I I do like when they do this stuff in writing because earlier in the movie when it was his son saying all the things about how everything's his fault, this girl was saying pretty much the exact same thing about her dad. To which it was a turning point for it man. Yeah. His eyes were open to oh this is what my son has been trying to tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, so he does have like a soft spot to help her. Um, but I think because the movie's so poorly written, yeah. I just don't really care. Right. And I wish I was like, well, why isn't your son here? Why aren't you going on this journey with your son? <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird. And and what's funny is like, so the the American blonde girl that she winds up scratching. What what I just love is she comes home. <laughs> oh, this is one of the worst scenes I've ever seen in a she, movie. She comes home and and all of the American actors like because we know the language and we have seen American acting and know it very well. It's like bad, very bad. And I don't know if that falls on like the translator or the director or the overdubs or whatever. I think it also just falls on, uh, the movie doesn't have the bet, like the biggest budget. I know it had a pretty good budget, but it's like 52 million. They're not spending that much money on the American actors. Right. That's not a priority. Right. But but it is like, sucked. it is. Yeah. It's it's just interesting because like in Master Z, Dave Bautista has a really it's not like an amazing performance, but it's like what it should be. Yeah. But in all the other movies, like any English speaking performance is very bad. Yeah. Like very very bad. Um, but it's it's so funny. It it is it, this okay. Actually, everyone that I said don't watch it, you should watch it because this scene is like top tier. Like and it bad. gets worse than this. <laughs> but the girl comes home. And she's like, oh, my gosh, um, this girl beat me up at school. And then the mom grabs her phone. <laughs> she she calls she calls the dad, who is apparently like the sheriff of the town or something. <laughs> I don't know. And um, no, I think he's an immigration officer or something. That's right. And she goes, she goes, oh, I wish you weren't on this business trip. You need to come home. And then she's pretty much says something like, you need to send these people back where they came from. <laughs> but I just love, I wish you weren't on this business trip. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Which spurs this guy to like, to like arrest everyone in the Chinese Benevolent Association. And I'm not going to, pre- I know America has been, is all of that racist, but in a lot of ways, not everyone, but yes, uh, not to totally unpack that issue. But um, I, I, it's just like, this is insane what's happening. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, maybe this thing could happen, I guess. But it, but I, I guess the motive is so, like, kind of lame. Yeah. And, and there's, there's, like, no, he just does it. He just arrests them all. With not, like, with no probable cause. Yeah, but I but I mean I guess I guess as far as like immig- as far, what I understand from like the immigration stuff is you know they 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 do do those sorts of things cuz they can get away with it. So Yeah. I guess in I guess this just movie the, it just seems really I'm odd not in convinced. this movie. I'm not convinced. Yes, yes that's I a good think, way to put I think it. it is possible with good writing to reveal that people are arrested on less. I yes. I think that's you can do it. This movie does not do it. It can't. Like it's <laughs> right. just it's not convincing that it, it's that that guy is scummy enough to do that. Yeah, he's just kind of like, 
hey, honey, okay, I guess I got to arrest him now. And and then there's that one guy. Um, the worst actor I've ever seen on Do you remember what he says? No, I mean, it doesn't even matter what he said. People just watch it for that. And you'll know when you see it. It's one of the immigration officers. Someone, for some reason, this guy slipped through the cracks. <laughs> and I wonder if he was like a key grip or something. And they were just like, oh my gosh, we forgot to cast this person. Throw this guy in. He's He's got like seven lines. And the guy's like, seven lines? That's so many lines. And he's so bad. Cause he's like, he's like, oh, what does he do? He's just like, well, we're he's gonna need to be setting up a perimeter over there, okay? So if we go and do that, that will be what we do. That's literally the cadence. <laughs> it's something that's supposed to be urgent, and this guy is not <laughs> urgent at and all. And then later, you know, it's like, did you guys take care of Master Law? That sounds fantastic. I'm very glad that we did that. <laughs> okay. And the the just other insane. people like barge in, and he's like, more. <laughs> so bad but we are so we are jumping over a few things so um there there is this one trope so so jordan we, there's so many great little things that we've pointed out over the over the career of our podcast and one of them is you say you know it bothers you in movies when there's food and people don't really eat yeah that's a good thing to point out another thing you've pointed out is girls only eating healthy food and guys eating yeah like burgers and stuff in the same scene yeah um uh you've said a lot of things about hair um there's a lot of other good ones that you have these nice little particular things that i love but i want to add one to our to our if if we had a wikipedia or a reddit i want to add the trope of a girl getting either forcibly getting her hair cut or cutting her hair and it looks cuter than it looked before because <laughs> that happens in this movie it yeah. happens in it chapter one it ha- it's like there's always that scene where the girl's like you know what i'm cutting off my hair and that's why i love in arrested development season four when uh lindsay cuts her hair and she's like i'm done being pretty and then she looks in the mirror and she's like i look even cuter <laughs> that's funny yeah which from that point on that trope should have died yeah. because they like summed it up perfectly they pointed it out but yes i'm adding that to the macaw podcast universe Thank you. pantheon of very strange things oh the other one i have is the we we need less tinnitus in movies where bombs explode yes and microphone feedback Oh, and micro yeah, those are my those are my three. I need to write these down. Yeah. Um might have to run my own Reddit page for this podcast. Sure. Um so that happens. Uh then Ip Man fights uh Master Law. Yes. Pretty good fight. Yeah. Um some fun stuff. Interrupted by an earthquake. Yeah. And they're in California. Believe me, that stuff will happen there. Uh especially San Francisco. Huh? Especially San Francisco. Oh, I thought you said actually San Francisco, to which I thought that is California. Oh, didn't they have a really big one? I think, uh, I don't know. A long time ago? Oh, yeah, I think so. I don't know, I though. sound so dumb right now. <laughs> no, you don't. Um, So the Chinese guy wants to, the Chinese guy in the military wants to bring a Wing Chun dummy, mm-hmm. and he does, to a, his military base, and he's like, Guess what, guys? We're going to learn To, like, Chun. a dojo where stuff like martial arts is already being performed. So this is why, and, and this is probably my own ignorance, 
but I don't understand why that wouldn't be accepted. And they're like making fun of it. And I guess, I guess like kind of throughout the movies, they are saying, you know, they're referencing to several different types of martial arts. Totally. So it's probably just as simple as that, but it it is kind of funny that it's like an American again, I guess it's like an American saying like, that's not good enough as what we're already doing. And it's kind of like, what are you to say? Who are you? Which I, yeah. I, but and then it, again, it's just too many questions. Here's what's weirder too. So from watching the movie, I was kind of like, so I guess karate was made in America because the, the, the way they just presented it, and they present it, it. And like the, the way that the guy, the Scott Adkins is just like karate is yeah. the only way to go. I just looked it up. Um, karate evolved in East Asia over a period of centuries becoming systema- systematized in Okinawa in Japan. So it's from Japan. Oh. So. Which I mentioned. You did? When we were watching it. I was like, I wonder if this is just like Japanese and that's why it's not good enough. Or, or like, yeah. like that's why Wing Chun's not good enough. You know, just like right. a, a completely different cultural thing. Yeah. And it sounds like it is, but it, it's funny that like the Americans adopted it. I mean, I don't know the history of it. Yeah. Honestly, and like I said, honestly, this probably might our be, own ignorance. Yeah. This might be ignorant. I've never heard of the army doing martial arts. Me neither. Ever. I don't even know if that's a thing. I thought you just did squats and shot. <laughs> wow. That's it. <laughs> no, I mean, but I did. I guess if you're in the military, please let us know if you learn martial arts. Cause I, Maybe I'll look it up, though. To the degree at which they did in that movie, which seems yeah. like that was the only thing they were doing <laughs> at the military base. I wonder if, like, I wonder if it's possible that the writers were writing the movie and they just kind of assumed that that was a thing but didn't do any historical research on it. Well, it's, but maybe it was even one of those things where it's like, ah, it's fiction. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, you know, these movies are not based on a real person, so. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um. Okay, so... Then, that guy had to fight Scott Adkins. No, no, no. One of his dudes. And no. That's right. One of his dudes. Yeah. The yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. It was like if you beat him, you can have your dummy. Doesn't uh, beat him. Burn the dummy. Yeah. Period. Kind of a funny scene when it's burning. I don't know. Yeah. It just kind of cracked me up a little bit. Um. The music did not do it for me in this movie, even though it was bad. Kenji Kawai. So bad. It, it was. Like, it was like ripped from TV. And it never got to the full on like da 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 until the credits. I just feel like a carbon copy. Yeah, and so that was a big bummer. Um, so um, Ip Man won't forge a signature because the daughter wants to help him, and then the military's like, you know what? Because that guy, the Chinese guy in the military, um, I'm not saying his. I'm not calling him a Chinese guy flippantly. I just mean he's the old, like. From what I remember, the only Chinese person in the U.S. military. Sure. That character. He, like, goes up above Scott Adkins' head, and he's like, hey, check out this Wing Chun. And then the guy's like, oh, this seems really cool. We should use this in the U.S. military. And then Scott Adkins Hartman finds... Hartman Wu is his name, if you want to refer to him by his name. Hartman Wu. I'll probably just call him Hartman. Okay. Um. So, Hartman. Uh. He... He, he, you know, he's like, we should use Wing Chun. And the general's like, yeah, that sounds great. And then Scott Atkins finds out about it and he goes Hulk mad. And he goes on a rampage and he's punching people and stuff. Or no, that's a little bit later. 
then we're at the mid-autumn festival. Sure, yeah, yeah. So please take over. Um, yeah, mid-autumn festival, there are presentation or I guess demonstrations being performed of kung fu, uh, martial arts. Uh, the daughter is there with her pom-poms ready to get up on <laughs> yeah. stage. Thank goodness we don't get there, which also though furthers who cares about the cheerleader thing. She didn't even get to do her thing. We didn't even give it to yeah. her. So why do we spend so much time on it? Whatever. But um, the Scott Adkins, like right-hand man and his cronies and their karate uniforms show up to, uh, you know, put it, <laughs> take ass, kick ass and take names. <laughs> um, Great. Now I have to put an explicit tag on really? this one. You said ass, Jordan. That's um, a major swear. So all of the <laughs> kung fu masters, they well, not all of them, but several of them fight them one by one, and that is at the point in which we are introduced to the really badass uh, girl kung fu master. Yeah, she was cool. Who was like, dang, that sucks that she's only in this part of the movie, and she's doing awesome. She is yeah. so cool. Um, pretty much though, it man saves swoops in saves the day hartman is filming this so he films it man taking down this guy yeah um Again, really great fight great fight great it's yun wing poo i mean come huh? on yun wing poo the guy who directed master c oh yeah sorry he's, he's doing the fights come on it's really gonna be great good. shortly after this uh so mr master law is like arrested during this time and that and that's when we meet the worst actor yes and it's warned that the other benevolent association people will be arrested so they hide out with bruce lee which does tie in together the like they rejected him but he still you know accepts them because they need help and he'll yeah. give them asylum um so but you know well then, oh, okay. then then Scott Atkins yeah. is like I want to fight everybody so he goes to the benevolence that's association right. he just does these insane kicks and just kind of like kills everybody. Not actually, but you know, yeah. he, he kicks them all. And then he goes down to the station, finds master law. And he's like, Hey, Mr. Uh, uh, father of the cheerleader, get out of here. He's military property now. Yes. And then he takes him back to the base. And at this part, so kind of throughout the movie, the daughter has been complaining about, you know, saying how everything's her fault. And see, this is another thing that they didn't, they didn't touch on well enough that I think they could have done better is showing the dynamic between immigrants with a daughter who is fully integrated into American culture, but she still has Chinese culture. Um, because in that part of the movie, she is like begging the immigrations officer by like kneeling before him. And her dad is like, no, you don't do that. And it's like, just a really great moment but I, it would yeah. have been so much better if like they spent more time on it yeah they, they, well they it's it's that classic thing that that happens sometimes where they it's like they pick a bunch of random things and yeah. they never amount to anything yeah you know it's it, it's not nearly as bad as this but like in the 2019 movie jonker with joaquin phoenix yeah it's like they're like let's talk about mental health and let's talk about society and class systems and um, this crazy person. But we're not going to make any statements about it. I recently saw an article, and I didn't click on it because of lack of interest. And I can't remember the publication. But it said that the studio offered Joaquin two more movies 
of oh, Gronker. Please no. I don't think he would do it. I don't think he's that kind of guy. I hope not. I don't I don't want him to win another actor for not eating a lot. Yeah, I don't I don't think he would do it. And also, here's a side note. Academy, it's time to stop rewarding actors for losing weight. It's not that interesting. Give it to the best actor, not someone who lost weight. That's stupid. Or gains yeah, weight. Like That's Kang Ho. Kang Kang Ho was a much better performance than Jonker. So actually, everyone in that movie is a better performance. Yeah. It walk. I I am biased. I've learned to hate that movie, but Joaquin does do. Joaquin's a good actor. A great He's job. Amazing. He does a great job, but I mean, it's just aimless. It's there. We don't need to talk about it. We don't. But need we to. can talk about Kang Ho's song as long as you want. Okay. Um, I did see. Oh, I don't. I don't remember what it was called, but it looked. It looked like a kung fu movie. Um, not with Kang Ho, but oh. with um. The guy from Old Boy. <gasps> and um Handsick Toy. Yeah. Um, I'll have to look it up and before this episode's over. But it looked like the cover, I was like, ooh, this could be a good one. And I think it was like it I'm gonna look it up, but y- you have to Get take me over in while there. I do it. I wanna watch that movie. I wonder if King Ho has any action stuff. That guy is just an international treasure. And I haven't said this on the podcast before. If I haven't, I will say it again. Some people might think he is like the Leonardo DiCaprio of Korea. No, 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 no. Leonardo DiCaprio is the uh, Kang Ho Song of America. Oh, yeah. That's Kang Ho Song. It's a movie called Crying Fist. And uh, I feel like somebody from one of these movies is involved in it in some way but i can't remember the who cover. but i the cover it's like kind of a bad cover but it's i kind of love it. it and it's called crying fist i mean yeah i want to see that yeah anyway and there's probably so much of the kick punch thing remember oh, yeah. several yeah, bong, yeah. bong joon ho movies have oh and the it's most got intense kick punch this thing. guy in it too Oh, that guy is in... I mean, he was in Memories of Murder. Yeah, he's the, the lieutenant, and then he's in The Host and Okja. The Host, and, yeah. Um, oh, I, well, yeah, he's the grandpa. He, he's like a frequent Bong Joon-ho yeah. guy. Oh, love that guy, too. Yeah. I should have looked at his name. Um, okay, we're back to the movie. We okay. had our little our little side tangent. Um, so, here's something I want to talk about. Well, of course... Scott Atkins kills Master Law uh, when he brings him back to the base. And Doesn't then, kill him. I thought he, he killed inca- him. He incapacitates him. He incapacitates him. Then Ip Man fights him. It's a pretty great fright. fright. And it, fight. It's, it's a frightening it's fight. It's scary. Uh, no, they, they fight him. It's pretty great. Um, he does a really... Ip Man there's an does insane a really move. intense move where... Um, just to try and describe it briefly, where they're at that standstill, who's going to make the first move? You see yeah. it in every kung fu movie. Mm-hmm. And Scott Adkins makes his move, and Donnie Yen does something you would not be able to suspect and like bows down and gets him from underneath. Yeah, like l- kind of like punches him through his legs or groin or something like it that. It was great. Crazy. And he like beats him to a pulp. Yeah. And so that's like your finale of Ip Man. He goes home. He makes good on his with his son. 
and then his, he starts teaching his son how to do Wing Chun, and then it shows clips from the previous movies. Mm-hmm. And while it's showing clips from the previous movies, it's that classic like nostalgia thing where I was like, wow. Like this was awesome. Like it almost tricks you into forgetting like how bad the movie was that you just watched because yeah. you're seeing all these fantastic fl- f- clips from this movie. Yeah. But here's, I feel like the best parallel. Um, this series is very rocky to me. Okay. So Rocky first, Balboa, Rocky. Like Rocky, yes. Okay. The series of Rocky, very much so in that like you have. Rocky 1, which has all the heart and all that stuff. And you have Rocky 2. We'll kind of mix that in with Ip Man 1. And then the series continually, it kind of gets like more bombastic and less well-written as it goes. Um, And then it even, even, even gets to where it's like Rocky's old, Ip Man's old, but they still have like one last fight. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, like the, I think it was the second movie we talked about how it kind of had the plot of Rocky Four. Yeah. Um, and so this, this just felt very, very like, it felt like that unsatisfying, like when, you know, I like most of the Rocky movies, but when they're not that good, it feels so like such a letdown because you like the first two so much. Yeah. And funny enough, both Ip Man and Rocky have a spinoff that is arguably as good, if not better, than the original property. Is Creed a spinoff? Yes. But he's in it. Yeah, but it's a spinoff. Oh, okay. Because it's not a Rocky movie. Okay. Because it's Creed. Okay. But you know you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, and Master Z is a spinoff of Ip Man, and it's arguably as good as Ip Man 1. So... I just thought there were some parallels there. It's also like the format of like you have the one big bad guy, but you got to do some stuff in between to get there, uh-huh. you know. Um, so I wanted to point that out. Um, and so now let's talk about the franchise as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? Uh, for someone who hasn't seen hardly any Kung Fu stuff, uh, I'm excited to watch other Kung Fu movies now. I feel like it was a good introduction. I think it's a really good introduction for like anyone. Yeah. Um, The, yeah, I mean, all of the fighting and all of the movies, no matter if they were good or bad, was exceptional. Oh, yeah. And Donnie Yen's amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I know, I know. Because of this and because that list Amy Johnson gave us, which, again, you can go to Letterboxd, Meltar Man, I got the list on there if you'd want to watch the movies that she suggested. Um, to start on yeah we've been kind of slowly working our way through that list and it's it's cool because it feels like kind of like when we were first getting into Bong Joon-ho it's like here's like an entire part of cinema that we have not experienced yeah and so it feels really exciting and fresh and even when things maybe aren't as good in like a story aspect you're still like but that would like never be in an American movie yeah that's so cool yeah that's true like we just watched the five venoms yep. and the story was like so incredibly convoluted and hard to follow, but it just had some things that it's like, how incredibly confident is this movie to do all of this insanity? Yeah. Um, and I think that like one reason I wanted to pick this franchise was to pick something that was not that, that was foreign. Yeah. Because I, for me, I, the more we watch, movies the more you and i have watched 
more foreign movies. Mm-hmm. And I would like to make that not a refreshing part of my movie watching, but a regular part of my movie watching. Yeah. Um, and so like this was very refreshing. And for anyone who tells me they are hesitant to watch a foreign movie because of subtitles, that is not an excuse. Oh no, I don't think yeah. You that does not like that that is not an excuse not to watch a foreign movie. You are missing out on so many incredible movies if that is your one barrier right to not watching it mm-hmm. um and starting- a lot of them if, if you're like no really i like have trouble reading or something like that um a lot of them do have dubs yep because so a lot of can- them especially once you start getting into them you're probably gonna be watching a lot of the popular ones which means a lot of them have dub and i yeah, think that that can be helpful yeah and i do think that because of the internet uh watching a lot of movies from all over the world is just becoming more popular as it is. Mm-hmm. So dub is becoming more popular yeah. of a thing. Um, usually the dubs, um, except for the studio Ghibli movies, um, are usually not as good. Yeah. But I mean, if it really is a barrier, but you want, but you want to experience it, then that's a good way to start. Mm-hmm. I prefer, I like to hear the language it's in. Me too. I that, prefer that, that. A lot of that's, it's kind of fun. And I feel like, a movie like Parasite is a yeah. really good foreign movie to jump into because, I mean, I feel like it takes you like two minutes and you don't even remember that you're not speaking the language because the movie's so laser pointed. It's so visual. You could you could even watch it without and, yeah. and get and it. And you would know what's going on. And so when you're watching it after five minutes, you don't remember. Like, I don't remember that I'm reading while yeah. I'm watching the movie. Yeah. So it's like Bong Joon said in his Oscar speech when he said, once you get past that little one inch barrier, though, you can see so many more interesting movies. Yep. Really cool. It's true. And I'm, I'm glad we did cover um, a Chinese franchise. Yeah. Um, I've been meaning to watch Ip Man for years. So this yeah. was like cool to finally watch it all. Yeah. Um, as a whole, I, I like the series. I don't love it. Um, I think because, like, because the action is so good, it's so worth watching, and I yeah. would would recommend it to pretty much anybody. Um, but uh, in in the future, what I want to see, scrap the Bruce Lee project you want to work on, just crank out those Master Z movies mm. because Master Z ruled. Yeah, and you weren't tied down to the historical stuff, even though after the first movie they didn't really care about yeah. that. Um, that 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 is where the future of this franchise lies for me. That's what I want to see. And as long as Yoon Wing Poo or Poe, uh, as long as he is still around because he is very old, let him direct those movies. Yes, and just please. crank them please. out. Um, yes. Anything left on Ip Man? Just my ranking. Okay. So you got masters. This is best to least. Oh, you okay? Best to least. Least to best. Least to best. That's always how we do it. Four. It man four. Three. Three. Two. Two. One. One. Master Z. Master Z. I am in full agreement with you, Jordan. And guess what, folks? This gets in the category that a lot of the series we've covered does where we exist to prove people wrong when they say that sequels are never better than the originals. Master Z, the fourth movie in the franchise... Is the best movie. Mm-hmm. I think you could argue that Ip Man One is a better movie. Yeah, I think so too. Well, I think, but I Master enjoyed Z, Z more. Is so good because of 
the first movie because of what it stems from. Mm, yeah. I, I so they they explain that of, more. They use a lot of Ip Man stuff in that movie. That's true. The movie yes, is very I'm forgetting about by that part. Yeah. So I, without it, you would potentially still get this movie. But for me, the, there was a really great impact in character development because of it, man. Sure. I do think you could just show it to someone and they just. Oh, like, absolutely. Oh, this rules. No, totally. Yeah. It's cool. And, and it is fun as the more we do this podcast, you know, a lot of times we have this, we, we, we agree with, you know, maybe the consensus of a movie like Lord of the Rings. We love the Lord of the Rings. We don't like the Hobbits. That's not an uncommon opinion, but every once in a while. We have a series like this where Master Z is the least successful of the Ip Man movies, and people think it's okay, from what I can tell. And we get to tell you, actually, it's really good. Mm-hmm. And and if you think it's just okay, maybe try giving it another chance. Mm-hmm. Or just listen to our episode twice. Sure. And rate us and review us on iTunes, please. And subscribe. If you haven't done that already, come on. And um, if you want to listen to our Patreon episodes where we cover movies that only have two entries mpu the sequel this month we're starting monsters inc um do that that's patreon.com slash micah mccaw m-i-c-a-h-m-c-c-a-w and i think that's all i got to plug cool um just keep a lookout on my instagram at out of micah maybe no i don't think there'll be any new music if but, you want to see some spooky artwork, it is now Drawtober yes. that I will be posting stuff for. And that's at JM Macaw. JM underscore Macaw. Okay. Yes, follow her because she posts some of the most unbelievable art I've ever seen. And this October, I've seen some of the Drawtobers that she's working on, and they are absolutely bonkers. I will be shocked if she doesn't win some of the prizes. It'll probably be just because she won last year, so they won't give it to her a second time. That would be the only reason. Because, oh my gosh, especially Wolf's uh, Wolf's Feast. Midnight Feast. Midnight Feast. Oh my gosh, that one is so good. But then the carving one, oh, I love it. I love you, and I love love your art very much. It's so good. Um, Next week, we're getting scary because it's October, and we're doing a horror franchise we're doing insidious so i've never seen any and i'm a little nervous folks i don't know if i can do four horror movies four weeks in a row that are scary so good luck and it looks like in that fourth movie there's a little monster with keys on his hands (gasps) Ooh, that's cool yeah so jordan's excited (laughs) (laughs) all right thanks for listening folks Bye. bye bye